Hello everyone and welcome to episode 9 of the Butchers, the Bakers and the Candlestick Makers podcast with me, Dave Coulthard. Thanks to everyone who has listened to the previous 8 episodes as always, particularly episode 8 with the Ashington chairman, Brian Shotton. And once again, sorry for the sound quality on that uh, particular episode. Um, Hopefully we've managed to sort that out and there is now a plan B if it all goes wrong again. Um, Just before I introduce my guest this evening, just a quick shout out as always to my podcast sponsors commercially united who continue to do a great job in promoting the work that i do on these podcasts on their own platform and they as a business are continuing to go from strength to strength since forming earlier in the year they're now working with a number of clubs across the country securing commercial deals for those clubs um so if you're connected to a club and you're listening to this and you could do with a hand in setting up those commercial deals then you can check them out at commerciallyunited.com Okay, so time to introduce my guest for this evening's podcast. And as a Sunderland fan, this is one that I am particularly excited about and someone who also has a big interest in football history. Uh, so it's Sunderland Albion founder, or should I say re-founder, Kieran Proudlock. Kieran, thanks for joining us. Are you well? Hi, mate. You're all right. I'm not bad, mate. Yourself? Good, yeah. Spot on, mate. Spot on. Yeah, so Kieran, uh, Sunderland Albion then, um, obviously the original club was founded back in 1888, there's a lot of links to the original Sunderland football club, the founders and uh, the stadium was founded then. Obviously that club was very short-lived, it only existed for four or five years. What was it that made you and the other people involved in this decide that that was the right time to bring the club back? Um, it's been, to be honest, it's been in the pipeline for a, for a few years now. Um, the history of Sunderland's always fascinated me. So when I was looking into it, and I realised that a city as passionate about the football club as Sunderland is had once over another team, um, it, it really sparked me interest up. So like, it's been there for a few years now. Yeah. Um, like I said, it is a historic. It's a massive part of the, the city's history, not just the football history side of it. Yeah. Um, like you said, with the connections with the original founder and everything, and. It, it was a pretty sad end for, for James Allen, actually. When you when you look into what he's brought to the city, it was a pretty sad end. So we thought, why not? You know what I mean? It, yeah. I think a lot of people thought that it was coming across because of the current situation with the obviously current team. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's not. It, it just so happened that the timing was there. But all it is, is like I said, just to bring a historical part of the city back. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the question I was going to ask, I mean, how, how would you see yourself? Do you see yourself as kind of like a, a breakaway club for disillusioned fans, or do you see some, some uh, see yourselves as someone who can maybe coexist alongside some of the football club with almost the everyone's alternative team, if you like? How would you see the club kind of appealing to people? Where do you think you could yeah. get fans from? No, absolutely. Um, we're, we're not a breakaway club at all. We're our own club. Um, just because it's got that historical link, which I understand which why, why people would think it was that, or it was like a, a sort of protest against the club. Um, it's really not. It, it absolutely can coexist with the current Sunderland. Um, you, you see it in a lot of cities. Obviously, yeah. you've got um, United of Manchester currently yeah. formed. A lot of their supporters are from Man United. Um, all it is is basically a cheaper alternative and I think a lot of fans, when they're in, when they're in Sunderland, when Sunderland play away, obviously a lot of them can't get to the games. Yeah. So I think a lot of people would appreciate going to a, a, a more of a non-league intimate setting while, while obviously the big boys are away. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, I guess 
because of that historical link, you're naturally going to get more attention where people ask yeah. that question. Um, I guess if you look around Sunderland, you've got you know a number of Northern League clubs like Sunderland RCA, right? BW, you've got Sunderland West End, and I guess nobody, um, nobody will be asking them the same questions around you know whether they've got that right. Sunderland, I guess it's just that that kind of historical link that maybe brings that uh, that question that you've probably had a well, few times already. That, that's what I said to me, Dad, who's um, involved in it with me as well. Um, if we formed, a, say, Hendon United, no one would bat an eyelid. <laughs> Simply, which we understand, obviously. But, and I think as well, because of the original formation, it was sort of done in a protest to the original club. Yeah. So I think that's why people probably question that, which, like I said, it's understandable. It's, um, it's raised a, a fair few eyebrows, but... I also think that's why we might actually be able to succeed faster than a lot of other clubs. Um, it's got the attention straight away. I mean, I was looking at the... I know it's only Twitter followers, but it's grabbing the attention a lot quicker than other clubs in the league were looking to join. Um, yeah, so, so it has got a lot of controversy behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the Twitter followers there. I think um, when I was doing research a bit earlier today, I noticed that you've got... Uh, Followers in, in in less than a month, and um, I mean for, for context, I mean I've I've had this podcast and, and blog and that one for for quite a lot longer, really, and uh, you're already well on more followers than me. So uh, <laughs> 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 you've obviously got to be. In, in the first two days, I surpassed my own personal account, so I was a bit good about that. I was uh, giving myself a little shout out on it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I, th- I think I passed that milestone after a handful. Years as well, and then I thought, you know, I've been on Twitter for years, and obviously uh, nobody batted an eyelid. But uh, there you go. I think, I think as well with the um, what we were just going back to the obviously there's other non-league clubs in in Sunderland. Yeah, I think what's really missing is one in the heart of the city. So you've, yeah, obviously you've got Sunderland RCA. Yeah, that, that's in Riot, so that's out the way. Um, yeah, they've obviously got Riot behind them, which is a great yeah. support. I mean, I went there when they were playing Durham in the FA Cup, and it was it was a great. Great occasion, to be honest. Great atmosphere, seeing everyone behind the behind the local team. Yeah. But there, there isn't really one in the in the heart of Sunderland where a lot of the city centre people go to go to the stadium of light. It's easier accessible, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to get a non-league game, then you're going to have to you're going to have to go to like you said, the West End, Chesley Street. Yeah. All, all over, there isn't one in the heart of the city. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you mentioned uh, you mentioned your dad. Involved in it with you, um, kind of how, how many how many guys have you got who's kind of directly involved with the setup aside from yourself and your dad? Directly involved, um, ongoing at the moment. There's probably about five or six of us. Yeah. Um, and we're currently in conversation with someone who I don't really want to name yet because it's not it's not it's not confirmed yet. But he took a non-league club and took him into the football league, so oh, he's got vast experience, vast experience in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I, I mean, that was going to be one of my um, later questions, but I guess we'll touch on it now. Then I was going yeah. to say, um, I'll, I'll come on to ask you how far you think the club you think the club go, but you know, I, I was going to ask around um, the, the level of experience um, or exposure that you guys have had to to, to non-league football. Um, when it when it comes to exposure to it, I suppose. To be honest, very little. Um, Sunderland AFC has always been the main focus point of of me football life. Really, I've had a season ticket there for God knows how many years. Oh, <laughs> too many to be honest. <laughs> but 
like I said, we're, we're, we're looking for that experience now. All we are is guys with an idea at the moment and a passion to bring it forward. Um, you can get experience elsewhere, really. Yeah, so um, so in terms of the, the league that you're going to be entering next season, Kieran, um, and in terms of where you might play your home games, how, how far along are, the, are those discussions? Is there anything that you're able to share yet in terms of your home ground or, or the league that you'll be going into, or is it still very early stages with those? Um, it is still very early stages. Um, I'm more than happy to be open and honest with you. We've, we've contacted the council on uh, the Blue House Fields, that's where we really, really like to play our home games. Obviously, it's got a lot of historical links yeah. with both Sunderland um, AFC and Sunderland Albion. It's a, it's a Valley Road field now. I think it's linked to, yeah. the, to the primary school in Hendon. But we want to keep it in Hendon if we can. Just because, yeah. like I said, that, that is the link that we're trying to do. And we're, we're trying to base the club on the morals that the original team did when it comes to historical events and where they played and everything. So yeah. we're, we're in early discussions with them once we get the pitch fees off them, which um, we've got a guy at the council looking into that for us. We'll be yeah. able to see how much we'll need of sponsorships and you know things like that. In terms of the league, we've contacted the Wearside League. I think we'll be joining Division 2, depending on how many teams they, they obviously get applications from. Yeah. If they get a lot more, then we'll go into Division 3. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got all the costs from them, we, uh, and that, so we'll be, we will be joining the Wearside League. Yeah, it's interesting because I know, I know in the Wearside League, um, last season, the, even the second division only operated with about seven teams last season, but I think they've had a, about 13 or 14 new teams this year have all joined that second division, so it's kind of playing with a full complement. So obviously, if there's talk of potentially it even being a third division, it obviously shows the strength that the Wearside are getting in terms of you know, new teams springing up and, and, and joining there. So I guess, you know, if it, if it starts off in, in Wearside Division 2 or, or potentially even in th- Division 3, have you guys kind of thought any longer term in terms of how far you think the club can actually go up the pyramid or are you just thinking very short term at the moment about getting it established? Um, we, have, we have to be sensible with it. Um, we, we're obviously thinking short term at the moment. Short term is we want it... We want the infrastructure to be to be solid. We we want the foundations to be solid for the club. We're not doing this for a couple of seasons just to have a little rendezvous, rendezvous in the Wearside League and then yeah. die out. You see that in a lot of non-league um, teams coming up, and then they, they can't sustain it. So what we're yeah. trying to do is we're trying to get that in order first. That's why we didn't go with this season. We we just didn't have the we didn't have the time to to get into it and and what yeah. we, what we really wanted to do. Um, obviously, I did an interview for the Sun and Echo, and someone commented saying, "Good luck," because obviously the season started. Um, mm. But it comes yeah. to prevail there. <laughs> obviously, yeah. we're, not, we're not going for that season. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're trying to get the solid foundations. In terms of the future, um, I mean, I'm, I'm an ambitious person as it is. You know what I mean? I, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to see it in the football league one day. Yeah. Um, which which is possible. I mean, we've seen it happen before. We've seen it happen. With, I mean, Forest Green Rovers. They're, they're one that came out and yeah, nowhere really. Um, Salford's another one. You, yeah, you, you can you can dream, can't you? Um, and, yeah. and that's what I want. That's what I want to like to believe where we'd get to. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, one step at a time. But I mean, you see plenty of teams coming out of the Wearside League and establishing themselves in the Northern League. You see yeah. teams from the Northern League now. If you look at the likes of South Shields and how well they've done in recent years, kind of motoring up the pyramid. Um, and, and even teams like, um, you know, the likes of Redcar Athletic who've made the step up from the Wearside into the Northern League. And Stockton Town's probably the best example. I mean, they'd, they'd been a Wearside League uh, team for quite a while. And, you know, they've gone straight through the second division. I think last season if it wasn't stopped that have that have won the Northern yeah. League and that have gone beyond and I guess it you know if you guys look at teams like that you kind of think okay one step at a time but you know you, you never know you never know what you could achieve in the long term. I mean term. we wouldn't be getting into this if we didn't have ambition of where we wanted to go you know what I mean we wouldn't be starting yeah. a club just to linger in the bottom bottom leagues um, yeah. I, I feel like as a football club especially I mean we've been we're football fans at the end of the day you know what I mean we're not we're not businessmen um, yeah. And football fans are notorious for being ambitious, you know what I mean? I'm expecting Sunderland to win by 100 points a season, you know what I mean, if we're, <laughs> if we're listening to the chairman. Uh, um, but you're always going to have that ambition as a football fan. So we're looking long-term. We're dreaming long-term at the minute. Yeah, it's a hazy, it's a hazy vision at the minute. But short-term, I feel like we've got a, we've got a good, good little backing at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess um, you've you've obviously mentioned um, earlier, without revealing any names, that you've obviously been talking to somebody with experience of of taking a club, um, you, you know, kind of up the up the pyramid and towards the football league. Um, is that in terms of uh, financial backing, or is that more just in terms of the know how and, and someone who kind of knows how to guide a team up, or or does that come with a kind of financial backing as well? Um, it's both really. Um, so he was a chairman of a club. Okay. Um, and like I said, they did they did end up in the non-league and they stayed there for quite a while actually. Um, yeah. They're not there anymore. Okay. Without giving hints. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, they're not from the area as well, so <laughs> that's making it harder for you. But, yeah. Fair but yeah, it, it's financial. Um, in terms of managers and coaches, it's far too early for us. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, we haven't even got players yet. It, we're, we're trying yeah. to get the the spine of the club made up. Um. The players and the the management and everything that, that comes close at the season, and we're a whole year away from that as of yet. Um, yeah. Especially with, I mean, I, I'm sure it's the same all over football, but with the pandemic, it does put a lot of things on hold. You can't even have them mm. conversations with people just because they don't know what's going yeah. on, and um, they don't know what's going to happen in the next year or, or whatever. So yeah. Um, like I said, it is very early days in the club's club's life again. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're tr- we're trying to get the backbone of it first. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it seems a sensible approach because, I mean, you know, in terms of a manager, I guess um, it, it's going to be very difficult to attract a manager who wants to come in and essentially not have any football to play for potentially up to a year Yeah. Um, whilst the club gets established. So I guess, you know, leaving it a little bit closer to the time at least gives you a chance of, of you know, getting somebody who really wants to come in and get stuck into it straight away. Well, that's it. Um, I mean, if we wanted to, if we wanted to just get a, get the name out again, and get get playing games. We've just started a Sunday league team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which which you could just throw a bunch of players together and get. I mean, I could manage it at Sunday league. So, yeah. but yeah, we're wanting to do this for for other reasons. Um, like I said, it's not just to to get on the pitch and watch us play. It's, it's you're giving a bit of the history back to the sea. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, 
what you know what you say there about Sunday League. I think there is a, a definite difference with with all due respect to to Sunday League football. I think when you when you speak to people in the game who've maybe be you know had experience of both Sunday League and and um, a team playing in the pyramid, yeah, um, they do notice a massive difference. And um, what, one one of my earlier episodes, I had uh, a lad called Dean Irvin on, who's the uh, Darling Town assistant manager in the in the top flight of the uh, the Wearside League, and I think it was one of the things that he was saying is that um, the the kind of current version of their club almost evolved from a Sunday league team where they've gone something daft. Like I think they've won like every game in the league and cup for three years straight, not even so much as a draw. Yeah. And they'd got to the point where it was just like... It's not competitive anymore. Exactly, we yeah. need a challenge. And, you know, when Sunday league stops being a challenge, this this is something else, this, because if you get into the pyramid, as you know, I mean, if you go into Wearside Division three, I mean, that'll be, what, the 13th tier of the ladder, so yeah. obviously you can go as far as, you know, as far as the club will, will kind of take itself, I guess, but uh, it's, uh, it's very interesting, I mean, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to, um, you know, to, to tracking your progress and seeing how it goes, um, you know, I love a good story to kind of get behind in non-league, and uh, hopefully we'll see us kind of rising up the, the pyramid. Um, if I can just wrap things up with just one, one kind of final question, so if we fast forward 10 years and it's 2030 and you're kind of looking back, what do you think is um, realistic for what Sunderland Albion can achieve, both both on and off the pitch? I guess, um, you know, there's more than just where you establish yourself um, in the in the league pyramid. But what would you like to see the club kind of achieve over the next 10 years? Um, if we don't win an FA Cup in five years, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest... Um, Obviously, we want to climb up the pyramid. We we, yeah. we want to get as high as possible. That, that's the same with any football club. What yeah. we're really what what's really important to us at the minute is getting a community together as well. That's such yeah. an important part of what we're trying to do with the club. I can't stress it enough. We're go, we're going to be looking at giving loads back to charity in the local area and community and things like that. Which, um, as Hendon as a place, it, it does lack at times. Obviously, it, it's yeah. a great community, but it, it it does get forgotten about. So. We're trying to be the focal point of that community, so that's the main aim, really. Um, in terms of the leagues, we want to be competitive. We, in ten years' time, I mean, it's obviously a long way away, and we don't yeah. know what's going to happen. But we'll say, we'll say Northern League. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Northern League pushing up. Yeah, excellent. Okay, well, thanks very much for joining us today, Kieran. I've really, really enjoyed the chat. Um, and obviously, good luck with everything in, in the coming years. And I'm sure once years have uh, got yourselves established and um, and got yourselves into a league, I'll have to get down there and uh, cover it for one of my blogs. Yeah, I'll uh, look forward that, to it. Brilliant. To it. Okay, so uh, th- thanks very much to Kieran for joining us today. And thanks to everyone for listening um there should be an announcement coming up in the next few weeks on uh, episode 10 so um keep a listen out for that and thanks very much and stay safe cheers